Hello, everyone, and we welcome you to our Sunday morning roundtable discussion. We're so glad you could join us. We're recording from the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, Plainfield, New Jersey, the United States of America. Hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) And we will start with our morning prayer. I'm reading from pages 267 and 282 from Divinity Course in General Collectania. Mortal mind is to be denied. Spirit overcomes it. We must cease to admit in our thinking the reality and power in themselves of sin, sickness, and death, of misery, pain, evil in all forms. And we must steadfastly and persistently think the truth which stands opposite to them. We do in this way overcome discordant conditions of consciousness now. Everyone who persists in this course many times each day will have signs of lessening of all evil. God is all. There is no evil. All is harmony. There is no discord. All is health. There is no sickness. All is spirit. There is no matter. All is joy. There is no sorrow. All is truth. There is no falsehood. All is faith. There is no fear. All is life. There is no death. All is love. There is no hate. May be It's beautiful. Thank you very much. All right, our watching point for the week. Watch number 336. Watch lest you cause an error known about another to be your own mental downfall. We fall mentally whenever we regard error as real whether it be in ourselves or in another. When error is presented to us, let us regard it as nothing and use it as an opportunity to go higher. End quote. Okay, comments. The secret that paper where Ms. Zetti, um talks about seeing the perfection of everything. I just was reminded this morning, I mean, I've been using this watch all week, but I, when we look up with God, with God's eyes on the world, then we can't see anything other than perfection in ourselves or in anyone. And anything that's unlike God has got to be unreal then if we're seeing only what God sees. And this is honoring God and is lifting us higher every time we do this. And uh, so that's... Thank you. Jeremy. It just reminded me of a few years ago after a testimony meeting. I think somebody had given a testimony about allergies or something. And I woke up the next morning really stuffy, and then I realized I I didn't handle it during, you know, the thought of that. So <laughs> it just reminded me of that. I always have to handle those those errors, even when we hear of them like that. Well, and that's right. And that's why in when giving testimonies, we always emphasize the healing and the, the statements of truth that healed and not the physical symptoms. Or if you're too heavy on that, it's not a good testimony. Everybody's going to feel awful after you give them. We'll be sneezing and <laughs> so, <laughs> so. Yes, thank you. Anyone else? Okay. Uh, before we go too far, the subject is is unreality, and um, along with that watching point, Jeremy, would you read? In the Bible, citation 5, numbers 23 to 28. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye pay pay tithe of mint and anise and cummins, 
and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These are ye to have done, and not to leave the other undone. Ye blind guides, which strain at a gnat and swallow a camel, thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that, that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. For ye are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Now, how does that relate to the watching point? Does it? I guess if you see it in another, Miss Betty said to look at yourself, too. So, so does that mean that Christ Jesus was disobeying in some way? Or? Oh, no. No. No? He was clean from inside out. Mm-hmm. Because the watching point is, this, you know, to say, what is the watching point saying to? Cause an error known to about another to be your own mental downfall. Uh, well, yeah, but that, is that true in this case with Christ Jesus? No. No. So I'm just, <laughs> I just want to make this clear. What, and what, what is the difference? Because, um, you know, there is an attitude among some Christian scientists, and I had it as well, see no evil, hear no evil. Mm-hmm. Um Right. Yeah, absolutely. They, you cannot talk at all about anything. You know, it's always like that's not kind. That's not nice. That's that's uh, you know, bad thoughts. <laughs> I mean, I was, you know, when you're bringing out the truth. I mean, some of the things that would be done in the churches, the dishonesties and criminal actions. You know, you had to speak to it. You can't just let it. Otherwise, it gets it gets away. <laughs> the crime Abs- goes on. <laughs> absolutely. This is a very important point in Christian science because people seem to just jump to that one that we, you know, no, 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 we don't see it, we don't talk about it, we don't see it, we don't, it doesn't exist. And then, and then look at look at this chapter. How can you ignore this chapter, Matthew twenty three? He's ripping the era apart, and he didn't have the era within himself. I think he was making people more aware so not to do what should not be done. I think that's what he was doing. Also, he was trying to help them. Yes. That, that, that if they would listen to him, they could be changed and healed. He, he, he loved the scribes and the Pharisees. He loved them more than they would, could ever possibly know. When you when you are seeing as God sees, which is basically what the watching point is about, you will also feel what's not right. But the main point and the point that people who rebuke the error is that you don't personalize the error. It's not person. It's not person, place, or thing. I have, I have to keep going over this and over this because um, it, it's maybe a difficult concept, a new concept. I know how long it took for me to begin to understand this. It gives you such a freedom when you do. We don't tolerate error, but we don't see this person. He, he rebuked this error that was pretty glaring, but no one else rebuked it. They thought the Pharisees were wonderful, right? Yeah. 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 It was his Christliness that's, that sees it. But again, it's the idea of personalizing it. And if you personalize it within yourself, I'm, I'm such a good person. I do such good things. Or, oh my gosh, then I'm such a bad person. I did something wrong. Neither is true. Who is good? God. God. That's it. That's it. And what is bad? <laughs> Error. Yes. Error. 
And if you don't rebuke it, well, I'll have, because I was so happy when um, Craig read it in the lesson on Wednesday, and I'll have him read it again, Science and Health. I have it marked in the ink parts. Certainly. <clears throat> he read it on Wednesday night. This When God heals the sick or the sinning, they should know the great benefit which mind has wrought. They should also know the great delusion of mortal mind when it makes them sick or sinful. Keep going. Yep. Many are willing to open the eyes of the, peop of the people to the power of good resident in divine mind, but they are not so willing to point out the evil in, in human thought and expose evils hidden mental ways of accomplishing iniquity. Continue? Yes, till it yep. yes. Why this backwardness since exposure is necessary to ensure the avoidance of evil of evil. Because people like you better when you tell them their virtues than when you tell them their vices. It requires the spirit of our blessed master to tell a man his faults and so risk human displeasure for the sake of doing right and benefiting our race. Who is willing to tell of the foe in ambush? Is the informer one who sees the foe? If so, listen and be wise. Escape from evil and designate those as unfaithful stewards who have seen the danger and yet have given no warning. Mrs. Evans loved that, and she she was one who did quite a bit of it. <laughs> but it, it it's it's very interesting because it's a point you must know, and if you if you get there and you know it, it gives a freedom unspeakable and a peace unspeakable. But because you impersonalize it in your own life, and you're no longer bound to either thinking of yourself as a humanly good person or a humanly bad person nor do you see others that way. And you do see, as Karen was talking about, the world, we read about it, we've read many times, Mrs. Eddy seeing the world with tender, tender love. Everything you see, you just love everything, even the blade of grass under her foot she loved. The same time, you are aware of the error, only as error, not as person, place, or thing. And in that way, you can rebuke it as Christ Jesus did in Matthew 23. Gary? And that is what heals. It gives you such a clarity of thought that it makes it easier for you when people who are offended leave you, whether they, whether they were so-called friends or so-called family members or so-called whatever, when they are offended, they will leave you, and you will attract those who are hungry and thirsting after righteousness, and you will be of great use to God and to mankind and to your leader. And yes. you will have a wonderful life. But this is walking the walk, and this is the point of, of departure with many people, even what in, in, in Christ's time they say, the things you say are too hard, I, I can't, you know, I can't follow you anymore. But that's when you take it all personally. That's why personal sense is used so many times in the first edition. You have personalized it to a person. Therefore, you can't rebuke it because you think you'll hurt their feelings or how awful it is. Last week... I read a couple of things that was exposing error, and there were some I call, I call faint of heart. It's hard for them to hear. I remember the first time I read the 1910 coup, I had someone, you know, who was, had been very enthusiastic, resign from church over that. She didn't want to hear that. And this is why I'm addressing this. Because if you can't, if you don't want to hear it, it's because you've personalized it. And, and there needs to be some growth there where you don't personalize it. And my gosh, if we're to follow in the example of Christ Jesus and Mrs. Eddy, Mrs. Eddy rebuked error. That was one thing Mrs. Evans loved to tell all the time. She wasn't this little white lady sitting in a chair with a benevolent look on her face. Not, not all the time. 
she rebuked it. And look, look what it cost. There's a great kickback when you do, but that's okay because when you're doing it out of love, your protection is there. And we, you only can do it out of love because you don't see it as person. As Gary said, you're trying to help the person, not trying. You are helping the person. If, if is what Craig read, if, if you listen, listen and be wise. So, um, Carrie sent a couple articles which were interesting along this line. Um, one was called A Friendly Word from a 1900 issue of the journal. We are finding two, our legal people, one is Carrie, one is Carol, that more and more the organization is trying to copyright articles, everything, put it under the copyright, right? So now we can do till 1921 or 1940s. Well, we've kind of known that. And frankly, we don't like the articles much after that. And that's why when people send me these more current articles, I rarely, well, we don't put them on the website and I rarely even refer to them. We only want the early workers. That's what we want the pure stuff. And if they want to copyright all that other stuff, well, go ahead. So anyway, this is says how many forms era assumes in the midst of mortal mind. And it, it is ours to realize their nothingness till they become more and more shadowy and will finally fade away. The mission of Christian scientists is to lessen the ills of mortal existence. And we need examine ourselves sometimes, perhaps often, to see that the error does not use us in the detriment of our brother. For instance, we see some error manifested. Do we hold this error as part of another, discuss it with others, criticize, probably misjudge, condemn, and thus add to his burden? Now that is a personalization of it. Then, to judge righteous judgment, surely gives us freedom always to judge between truth and error, good and evil, the real and its counterfeit, and exclude all evil from our own consciousness. If this were done, there would not then be somewhat less for our brother to meet. And then Jesus judged the error, not the man, as we see from Luke twelve fourteen. That's a really good statement. He judged the error, not the man. And then in Luke 12, 14, it's the story of, and one of the company said unto him, Matter, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? But then... And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. <laughs> so here, he does it very in a kind way, but he's rebuking the error in the in the man, right, who who didn't want his will to be divided. He saw that error and he rebuked it. He addressed it. And he did it out of love. Something that helps me very often, too, is to see that um, this person is a target, that animal magnetism or error or evil or the devil, whatever, is trying to get him yes. and laying something on him that's going to make everyone around him hate him or whatever. Or whatever. And, but when we see them, he's just a target. He's not responsible. He doesn't know. But just to get rid of the, the error and the, the evil that's that's trying to lurk on him. Yes. Yes. Again, he thinks the error is his own thought. And you, if you think the error is, is that thought, then you start gossiping and, yeah, and all this and, and carrying on. But that, that's not what I'm talking about here. That, and, and when you see it as the person and you argue with the person, you're, you're violating the first citation in the responsive reading. You are warring after the flesh. Mm-hmm. 
That's not how you deal with error. That's not how you fight it. That's not the war that Christian science offers us. Yes, um, that's exactly right. So um, there was one other article Carrie sent, again, from an old sentinel, I guess. And it, it's it's from the automobilist, <laughs> Manchester, New, New Hampshire. But it talks about, um, well, a speck of dirt is but a trifle, but if it gets in your eye, it will blot out a mountain. Life for all, too many of us, is cheapened and weakened because in much of our time, we seem to specialize in trivialities. We allow ourselves to be shunted around in the switchyard and have not connected up with the main line. <laughs> we use the microscope and ignore the telescope. Instead of being on a hill, we use the microscope. Oh, sorry. Instead of being on a hill where we get a wide view of life's tasks, we are too often peeping through a keyhole all more often than is our good make mountains into molehills. We fall flat as we trip over inconsequential tri trivialities. Now that is what, when Jesus said, what does he say that addresses that? Ye blind guides. Strain. Thank you. Strain it. Strain it, nap, swallow a camel. Exactly. Yep. So, Mortal mind is nitpicking and saying, nah, nah, nah. in the meantime, they're missing the whole picture, the whole thing that's going on. Like, how dare you say anything about the organization? Well, hello. <laughs> in the meantime, see what's happening. Something helps me is that I don't think it's vain, but all of us are, are so important to God. And uh, when things come at me, I, ah, just a distraction to take me off from the good that, that I would be doing or what uh, the world or church needs. And it, you know, it would try to pull me back into it and personalize it. But if I, I get rid of it quicker, if I just stay on that ground and say, okay, I, this is what we deal with this right now quickly. And then go on to the next thing, which is God's work. And, and, and things work out much faster most of the time, what they do. Well, thank you. That's right. And that's why you're still here, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You are of great use, as is everybody else who's on this call. Thank and, you. Thank you very much, yes. Mrs. Eddy says in Watch's Prayers and Arguments, this is not my pain or error. This is an attack on my Christ. And that's so helpful to not make it personal. Not make it personal. This is how the great great healing is done by not personalizing it. It's not you. The error is not you. The sickness is not you. It's an aggressive mental suggestion. We always separate the error from the person. That's how you that's how you gain the control. If you don't, you will be flopped here, there, and everywhere. And you have opportunities every day to do this. The, the news media, that's one of the things they do. They get you focused on some stupid little thing. You know, everybody, oh, look what he said. Whoa, everybody. In the meantime, the whole world can be blowing up, but we're all discussing some stupid thing that happened. So, yes. There's a constant doing this, seen correctly all everywhere, everyone. Yes. And when you do that, you will have, you will be able to see the big picture. And you will understand what's going on in our nation and in our world, because you'll see the big picture. You won't be all getting you won't be mesmerized. You won't be mesmerized, yes. And you'll see it impersonally, and you'll be able to deal with it effectively. Because your work isn't effective if it's personal. You've made a reality out of it. And, and then, because you have, then you're upset with people who are, are not making a reality of it and might be rebuking what needs to be rebuked. So, um, so, Lil, read the golden text on reality. Judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. And you see, this is this is what we just talked about for five or ten minutes, or however long it was. How how do you do that? 
how do you judge that righteous judgment? And then, Carol, you can read a responsive reading. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, and having in a readiness to, and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Do ye look on things after the outward appearance? If any man trusts to himself that he is Christ, let him of himself think this again, that as he is Christ's, even so are we Christ's. Okay. Linda, you wrote about that. Yeah, I wrote about uh, the part that is it that you're the temple of the living God. God was going to, I will be their God and they shall be my people. That's from Second Corinthians. And then that idea of picturing the temple, you know, remembering that, picturing God visiting my consciousness that would really help and that I would clean it up. And, may, and I think sometimes I, I get still caught up in trying to be a good person. And I realize that if I think of it as a holy place that I commune with God, I want it to be spotless. And so I thought this goes back to the casting down imaginations, just casting out. I understand more of the 393 cast out, you know, just there's no... <laughs> Yeah, you just have to. It's just getting rid of all those thoughts that casting da- casting it down. Yes, what's a stronghold? Well, that's you got the errors, all the errors that try to attach themselves and to us, it's, and um, don't cast them out. <laughs> it's those yeah. false beliefs. Yeah that are so generally accepted by mankind that they are considered to be law or normal or natural. And yet they are opposed to God. Like you can only be healed by a doctor, right? Or by a drug. Right. If you look up the the word stronghold, it'll, it'll say a place of security. Hmm defense so think of that think think when the false beliefs are so entrenched (laughs) that it it's it's a place that they're secure in right Mm -hmm. nothing can break through it's so accepted and believed in yes so this is where clarity of thought comes in you have to judge righteous judgment and know this isn't your thinking it's been imposed upon you and you can cast it down nathan one of our newer members that's how he loves to use that i, ca- I cast it down he always <laughs> said i cast it down anytime he gets a, a, a false belief come in and you see it'll start out the christians say a toehold a foothold a stronghold and mrs eddie in science and health she talks about Adam starting his reign over mortal man mildly. You see, it comes comes mildly at first. It whispers, oh, you don't have time to come to church or you don't have time to do your lesson or study or pay attention to the things of God today. It's just one of those days. Tomorrow you will get to it. And then tomorrow, toehold becomes a foothold. The foothold becomes a stronghold. Or... It was a beautiful testimony from England that I read on Wednesday where the woman, you know, described how the pain comes in (laughs) just a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And then pretty soon it's just, oh, my gosh. And if I don't get to the drugstore and get this drug, I'm going to be, you know. But she she cast it down and she found her healing. The frog slowly heating up in the water. Yes, yes, it comes. It comes that way, and this is why 
be so instant in truth, error is always too late. And when you get in more into that divine mind, you become very aware of the negative thoughts, the anti-Christ thoughts, the the thoughts that disobey the Ten Commandments or the Sermon on the Mount, those thoughts become foreign. And when you cast them out, when they're little serpents, <laughs> they will not become the big red dragon. <laughs> the stronghold. And it doesn't matter if you think you've got some disease that's a stronghold. It's been with you for so long and you can't seem to see past it. You can and you start by casting down all these negative suggestions that you've learned to su- accept without challenging. Who said that? Who told you this? Who told you you can't get out of this situation? Who told you you don't have enough under- understanding? Who said that? It wasn't God. Cast it down. Who said you have that little pain to begin with? Yes. God didn't say it. God didn't send it. So... Right, and your body doesn't have the intelligence, your, you know, your material body doesn't have the intelligence to tell you anything. Why she say it's all mortal mind. It's, a, it's, it's suggestion. And when it's not from God, it is mesmerism, illusion. And that is why you, you can cast it out when you stand up to it. And say no, because it doesn't have the power to stick around when you don't let it. Thank you. So if you if you believe you're in some kind of a stronghold, maybe it's not physical, maybe it thinks you have no money, whatever it's telling you, you just you just start with all those negative thoughts one by one, bringing it into captivity to the Christ. And because you have let it go on for a while, sometimes it seems overwhelming, but that doesn't mean it is or that it can't be met. It can be. Of course it can be, because as has been stated, it's unreality. It's not true. It's a false belief. I was reading, I guess it was a commentary on this. or Anyway, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world, what Gary was saying. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. You've got the divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. You demolish those arguments that tell you you don't feel well, that you don't have enough, that you don't understand, that you are a hate your neighbor you demolish those arguments because it sets itself up against the knowledge of god and then you take every thought into captive and make it obedient to god that's why i've suggested to some that you keep a journal a, a gratitude journal where you're grateful, but also you can write down these suggestions. Take a good look at what it's saying. Don't run from the suggestions. You know, I used to run and run. I didn't want to hear it. That story said, this is your dream. <laughs> so don't run. Turn around and face it. What say ye? And then, the hell you say. <laughs> my, my favorite line. <laughs> what say ye? <laughs> well, the hell you say. <laughs> if it's not good. And that is casting it down. And then you replace it with a truth, something true from science and health or the Bible. This week I was taken with in science and health for from the infinite elements of the one mind emanate all form, color, quality and quantity. And it goes on, and these are mental, both primarily and secondarily. But emanate to proceed from a source. This is the divine source. Form. The shape and external appearance of the body. We all have problems. You know, we have all things we don't like about our body, right, or our appearance. Well, if it emanates from the one mind, can it be that bad? 
your your whole form to me this was this is probably you spend more time thinking about this than dieting your your form will be beautiful it goes on to say form beauty elegance splendor dignity color appearance caused by the rays of light as you express the light of god god's light and radiance your color will be beautiful the color of your skin how could it not be beautiful <laughs> whatever the color is when you know it's emanating from god if you think you ha- are pale or wan or whatever no you express light and that color will be made beautiful and you will be colorful you won't be boring and dull and bland but you will be colorful and we know people who do this and they have a a bright countenance their face shines and everything about them does then quality that's disposition and character virtue emanating from god from the one mind so your character comes from god you're not this human personality that's not good either humanly bad or humanly good they're both bad they're both wrong they're both wrong yes they're both wrong only only your individuality coming from god your character and then quantity a property of a thing that may be increased or diminished so do you have too much of something too much too much fat <laughs> too much <laughs> decay too much whatever i don't know self doubt <laughs> yeah well if it's emanating from god you can't have either too much or too little it's just right just like goldilocks okay just right <laughs> i mean the article possession and this is any how we can take possession of all good things yes it's beautiful that's right you can't be lacking i mean you can go on and on with just this one little sentence here and but it's a total treatment for yourself and for others if you use it and think about it and why not think about that then think about all this other stuff that all the magazines want you to think about so this is the power of our textbook in the bible and this is why we must yes get into it and and the next sentence tells us how to do it these qualities these characteristics these forms are mental and they can only be discerned by spiritual sense that's the only way you can see what is true about yourself or about anybody else that's why you have to cultivate your spiritual sense and for most of us that's a discipline <laughs> requires work because the temptation is to judge outward appearance instead of judging righteous judgment yes. which is what your spiritual sense gives yes and that means that the, that you always will have this you will always have a form and color and quality and quantity it's not dependent on matter it's not it's it's spiritual they're all spiritual but as you know this and express it your so-called matter body will start looking and feeling a whole lot better <laughs> just the way it works so and that's just because because of the truth that Mrs. Eddy gives us that we know we are spiritual we are we are not material it's a scientific statement of being and also along with the diminishing and increasing Mrs. Eddy says growth is a mandate of mind all right any growth is under the mandate of mind that's with a capital m that rules out cancer it rules out a lot of things too much congestion too much 
fluids of any way. It, it rules it out. Growth is the mandate of mind. And again, because all of this emanating from the one mind, therefore it has to be good. And it is good. And we can know that to be true. Now, Anne, sent, Anne from England sent something about the responsive reading. Um, do ye look on things after the outward appearance, which as we were saying, this is our lesson on reality and unreality. So I remember reading in one of the biographies of Mrs. Eddy that we should think of her as Christ Mary, being the revelator to this age of God's message. However, the following statement from the book, Man, the Divine Fullness, notes of James Neal given to Doris Henty, takes us further. Quote, the authority of my perfection is in truth, not in history. All there ever was to Jesus and all there is to any one of us is the Christ. Only that is true, which coincides with the nature of God, end quote. So then she said how grateful she is for our church and all that we have here to work with and study. So that's true of all of us. All that is true about us is the Christ. And that's how we judge righteous judgment, right? We see each other as the expression of Christ. Hail, Son of God. Any questions or comments? And the definition of Christ starts with the divine manifestation of God. That is synonymous with being the image and likeness of God, right? Yeah. So that, that's why it is the truth about each one of us. And the more, the more we see the truth about each one of us, the more we will heal what appears to be wrong. Yes. Yeah. It, it will. And, and, and a lot of times just shining out that love on a person, that, that's, that's how Mrs. Eddie healed in the early days, every, everywhere she went. Just knowing that truth would heal everybody and anybody she passed. And it was just natural. So did Christ Jesus. So it's just seeing that truth and knowing the unreality of whatever the era would try to claim. And she once told uh, Martha Wilcox that to see a person, to see man as the presence of God, that's what you, she should use to heal. Yes. That's beautiful. Because that's what it is. And, and you, you just feel that tremendous love, and that will wipe out whatever it is that seems to bind him. So, along with this, what Parthens wrote um, about Mrs. Eddy. This is a quote from Miscellany. I shall be with you personally very seldom. I have a work to do that in the words of our master ye know not of. From the interior of Africa to the utmost parts of the earth, the sick and the heavenly homesick or hungry hearts are calling on me for help, and I am helping them. Gives me chills almost. <laughs> this is our work. Go ahead, Karen. Um, so, it was Patricia. I was just um, thinking about how when Moses caught a vision of principle, he quite literally shone so much that... Uh, he had to cover his face. Yes. The light. The light. Yep. The light, the color. Well, this of Mrs. Eddie, you know, she, she couldn't be foofing around with the board of directors and all this mm -hmm. stuff that was coming to her constantly. And even, even this to settle fights and things that was coming to her. Um, no longer at ease with babysitting. You know? No longer, yeah, yeah. That's what Parthen said. Well, and, and Patricia, you just 
uh, brought to mind something that when St. Paul was still Saul and was on the road to Damascus, mm-hmm. and when, when, G- when the Christ came to him, it blinded him. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Right. He had to learn the hard way that not to judge outward appearance. He had to learn the hard way not to trust his eyes and his ears and his human education. It took him three days to get enough humility to be receptive to what God had for him. And after that, he judged righteous judgment. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, this is something beautiful that Bruce gave to me from The Healer by Keiston in regard to how Mrs. Eddy did see things and handle things. It says, one of the early cases that came before the directors was a charge of immoral conduct against a first member who was a student of Mrs. Eddy's. From the evidence submitted, the directors were convinced that the charges were sustained. They therefore removed the individual from membership in the church and took his practitioner's card out of the Christian Science Journal. Now that's seeing (laughs) humanly, personally thereby depriving him of his livelihood. That punishment in no wise healed the individual, but made him so rebellious that he threatened a lawsuit in revenge. When Mrs. Eddy heard of this case, she asked the directors to restore her student to full church membership, including his office as a first member, and to replace his card in the journal. This resulted in a complete healing of the individual. But she understood, of course, she understood these principles. It wasn't that she didn't see the error. She did. But she saw that perfect child of God, and that eliminated what bound him. But she saw it so completely. And this is something you can't fake. (laughs) Something you've got to work at and develop and be. And then there was another, which was very interesting. Reverend Norcross was a congregational minister serving his church in Bloomington, Illinois, when he volunteered his services to this new church. The scientists were happy to have a pastor, and it was the 2nd of September, 1888, when Norcross preached his first sermon in the Christian Science Church. That same month, Reverend Norcross enrolled in the Massachusetts Metaphysical College and attended the primary class class by Mrs. Eddy, which convened on September 17th. The teacher found him to be earnest and sincere, although limited by his years of theological training. The yin and the yang of it, you see. His belief in the power and comprehensiveness of his theological teaching vanished in one outburst when the classroom mrs eddie put when in the classroom mrs eddie put some questions to him and then worked him down to where all his arguments rested upon a single point respecting which she asked respecting which she asked a question that she knew he must answer rightly if he would be honest with himself and with her he did not disappoint her expectation And when the answer came, he burst out with a statement, then all my years of theological study don't amount to that. (laughs) Snapped his fingers. (laughs) Mrs. Eddy laughed until tears ran down her cheeks. And all the class burst into merriment. But the beauty of the event was that everyone felt how changed Miss Mr. Norcross was with honesty of purpose in the manliness of his of his admission. The merriment of the class was most kindly, for it spoke for the realization that here was an honest and fearless man, and he too, feeling the love of all, smiled and then broke into a hearty laugh. A mesmerism broken through a laugh, anger. Crying tears, yes. So, but you see, she kept at him. She kept at him with her logic and broke down all the theological beliefs he had until he realized, I got it. And she loved him enough to do that. She saw it. It wasn't that she didn't see that error. She did see it, but she cast it down. 
the wrong way would be just to banish people and throw them away. That's right. Throw them away or let them be in that state that was inhibiting their practice of science. And, you know, you just, you do, you feel this great love for all things. And then, you know, the hatred, and hatred is all right when it's against evil, evil, animal magnetism, which, in that way, you prove its nothingness. In that way, by casting it down, you prove its unreality. But not by ignoring it and just saying, God is love and everything's wonderful and I'm a good person. No. Aha. Well, there was more to discuss. And there's a wonderful article that I want to mention now called Miracles by Frederick Skeel that I do want in this coming Liberator, which I was going to get into, but maybe another time. And many of you wrote things on the forum, too, that we won't have time for. But now we are going to end on this newspaper article which I found and loved. I wasn't sure how it would relate to this week's lesson, but it does because it is judging righteous judgment, Mm -hmm. defining success differently. And this is from the Epic Times article by Joshua Becker entitled Defining Success Differently. Imagine the society we would create if we valued a different kind of success. A success not defined by the brand of clothing we could afford, but by the number of people we had helped to clothe. A success not defined by the amount of money in our bank account, but but by how much money we used to help others. A success not defined by the size of our house, but by the amount of love that was shown there. A success not defined by our level of education, but by the degree of our integrity. A success not defined by the number of likes on our Instagram post, but by how edifying and encouraging that post was to others. A success not defined by the type of car we drive, but by those we had picked up in life and set down on a better road. A success not defined by how loud our voice was, but by how often we spoke up for those without one. A success not defined by the quality and quantity of our personal possessions, but by the level of selflessness we have shown to others. A success not defined by the number of people who loved us, but by the number of people we have loved. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you all for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.